Good morning, my brothers and sisters. Welcome to episode 26 of Be With Me in the Book of 1 Corinthians. Today is Running to the Sexual Oasis. Yesterday we talked about sexual immorality and the kind of final graphic answer was to flee from it, to run from it. Today we're going to run from sexual immorality and run to sexual morality. We're in a big section where Paul is talking to the Corinthians about a question that they apparently asked and and wrote him a question. And one of those big conclusions is you are not your own and you were bought with a price. And so there's going to be some implications of that. There's going to be moral and behavioral and stewardship implications. And specifically, he's addressing, addressing the use of their bodies. And they're going to discuss what kind of rights do they have and what kind of responsibilities do they have. Um, and specifically, as you enter into a marriage relationship, with an attention here today focused on the body. So the subject is moving from a topic of sexual immorality, running from that, uh, running from bad sexual attitudes and bad sexual behaviors, those outside of the God-established covenant of marriage, and then run to sexual morality and how he wants us to have a robust, representative, and moral sex life with the answer of being within marriage. So here it is from 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verses 1-5. through 5. Now concerning the matters about which you wrote, so the Corinthians are curious about this, as we all are, it is good for a man not to have sexual relations with a woman. He's been talking about uh, joining to prostitutes. But here's the transition. Because of the temptation to sexual immorality, each man should have his own wife and each woman her own husband. Verse 3. The husband should give to his wife her conjugal rights, and likewise the wife to her husband. For the wife does not have authority over her own body, but the husband does. Likewise, the husband does not have authority over his own body, but the wife does. Do not deprive one another except perhaps by agreement for a limited time, so that you may devote yourselves to prayer but then come together again so that Satan may not tempt you because of your lack of self-control. All right, I'm going to point out a couple things that I think are key to this passage. First of all is the equality and the reciprocity, the reciprocal nature of this, that exactly in this passage what is asked of women is equal to what is asked of men. That is, don't defraud, don't deprive, make it exclusive, be faithful, embrace your spouse as no other. So, and, and what is given of men is exactly that given by wife. That is, the rights of one is given to another, the authority of one is given to the other, both male and female. So if you want an equal rights amendment, this is the first one uh, ever, and this really, really elevates uh, women, I think, uh, particularly in relationship to how they were treated at the time. The second is the reality that's in here. So this isn't in a pie-in-the-sky sort of a world. He, he says in a number of places, this is a tempting world out there, that there is a temptation to sexual immorality. That's kind of like from out there, and then inside, we're people, and the, the self-control and the lack of it is 
Sorry, is an issue. Sorry, my, my watch. So this relationship of a marriage can help with temptation and can help with self-control. So the antidote to sex outside of marriage, outside of the marriage bed, is the sex that happens within the marriage bed. And one of the antidotes to the attraction of sex outside of marriage is the attraction of sex within marriage. So let's talk about what marriage is and God invented it. And so there are some definitions that happen when you when you are married and particularly here the, with attention to rights and authority. So there's exclusive, exclusivity. There's the wife has her own husband and the husband has her own uh, right. Uh, own spouse, all the sexual access and all the sexual needs are supposed to be supplied by one other, and that is forever. There's no separation in sight, so there's a permanence to this, and there's also a comprehensive. It's not that 41% of your sexual needs are to be supplied by the other person. It's supposed to be 100%. Second thing is it's a, it's a covenantal, that this is a moral sex versus immoral sex, and it happens within the covenant. And most concerning, or probably if you want to get your arms up today, it's with regards to this rights transfer. So the body and sexual rights are transferred to another at marriage. The desires and fulfillment of the desires is given on a platter for the care and keeping to another person at the, at the altar. And similarly, they give you their rights. Your authority for your own body is freely given to another and the authority for the satisfaction of your bodily needs and your desires is exclusively given to this other person. So that'll scare you to death if you're getting married. And then the generosity here. So don't deprive each other. So sex, they mentioned that sex can be temporarily uh, held off, but that is to be rare and temporarily. And the, the context here is for a regular, functioning, ongoing sexual relationship within marriage. It's free, it's generous, it's understanding, it's abundant, it's satisfying, it's fulfillment, and it's careful. So as you embrace the sexual arms of the spouse while they're embracing your sexual arms, and there's this expression of protection and prevention of immorality and enjoyment, and just the care is the other part of this thing that's kind of the subtext. Is they gave you these rights, they gave you this authority. So one of the final questions is, how can I be more careful? How can I uh, take better care of the sexual person that God has given me? How can I protect that person? How can I establish the permanence of this relationship? How can I protect its exclusivity? How can I better be a uh, steward of the authority and rights and responsibilities that this person has given me in marriage? So what a great passage today about the the goal that we should be shooting for. And just the picture I get, the word is not uh, in the passage, but the, the picture I get is that we're to be fleeing from something that is sexual immorality and running to something, which is the sexual or oasis that is described here in 1 Corinthians chapter 7. Thanks for being with me. See you tomorrow.